Beauty. Beauty is difficult to define. There are so many questions that deserve our attention. For instance, how is it that we can describe so many diverse things with this same term, beauty? How does that work? How is it that you can read a book and say, wow, it was so beautiful, but a car can be beautiful, and a person can be beautiful, and a mountain can be beautiful? The question is, if two things are beautiful, is there something objective called beauty that these two things share? We all know that if you're thirsty, it doesn't matter if you get your water from this river or that. If it doesn't matter if it's served in a glass or in a bottle. At the end of the day, you can drink the water and you become satisfied. However, when you are struck by beauty, there's nothing you could pick up and take with you. You just contemplate it. You can't swap one beauty for another because each expression of beauty is unique. To further complicate the issue, how is it that opposites can be beautiful? How is it the case that uniformity and novelty, that symmetry and disorder, how is it even possible that subhanAllah, pleasure and even sometimes pain or sorrow and sadness, even these things can be considered beautiful? How is it that all of this can be under this term, this umbrella of beauty? There must indeed be some sort of a purpose behind it. Some people, they claim that no, 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 it serves no purpose but itself. Well, what does that mean? When you think about that, that statement, it's beautiful for beauty's sake. That just leads to deeper questions. Then whose purpose is that? What does it mean, beauty's sake? So there's this thing called beauty and it's for its own sake? What, is, what are you talking about? What does that exactly mean? And an even bigger question is this, how do we have access to it? Why is it that we as human beings can access that world of beauty? These are some questions we have to ask ourselves. And subhanAllah, human beings appreciate it so much that we have artists that spend their whole life trying to chase this thing called beauty. What exactly are they chasing? Oftentimes you find that an artist is attempting to convey meaning through beauty. But this also leads to certain assumptions. Doesn't art then assume that the world is full of meaning, which is diametrically opposed to the notion that life is meaningless? It seems that that would be the case. Some people might claim that art, or excuse me, that beauty itself is all subjective. It's just in the eye of the beholder, and it's just a subjective feeling. But interestingly enough, it seems that there has never been a time or a place anywhere in history where beauty isn't intrinsically part of the culture or the civilization. It seems like it's a universal, and therefore it seems to definitely be something that is objective, an objective reality. In fact, even the way we talk about things. If I have an object and I say, I find this object extremely enjoyable. The statement enjoyable implies what? It is speaking about me. It is making a statement about me and how I interact with the object more than it's describing the object, right? The kids were playing with rocks and it was very enjoyable. However, if, for instance, I describe something as beautiful, I'm making less of a statement about myself and more of a statement about the object itself. It has beauty. It is something beautiful. Furthermore, to complicate the matter even further, subhanAllah, why is it the case that beauty is a two-way street? The more I contemplate something beautiful, the more it teaches me about myself. Excuse me, the more it teaches me about itself. And in this sense, the pleasure of beauty is much more similar to a friendship. There is some sort of a reciprocity. 
Some people might claim that it's a function of desire, that human beings have desires, and because of those desires, the desire to mate and be with somebody through that, it developed and eventually became this concept of beauty. But that doesn't seem to be the case because with other desires, you find that there's an end goal. I desire food, I eat that food, I become satiated, and now I'm satisfied, and now I'm good to go. There seems to be an end goal in sight. However, when it comes to beauty, there's no point at which the desire is satiated. You can never stare at something long enough and say, okay, I've got my full, I've got my fill. I'm done with beauty, I'm okay, I'm satiated, I've had enough. There's no end point in sight. There's no goal. It's a want, it's a desire with no goal in sight. If you want a good example that perhaps might clarify the issue, I want you to ask yourself, when a mother stares lovingly at her baby, what does she want from that baby? I hope everybody understands my point. So, this is why we find, subhanAllah, that functional buildings, if you go downtown and you see a very, very technically functional building, these buildings get torn down, no problem. Because a functional building, once it gets old, it is replaceable. You can destroy it and put up a new one that is also functional. However, beautiful buildings, they become what? Tourist attractions. And they remain as long as humanly possible. People try to preserve them. Why is that the case? Because admiring the functionality of a thing is to appreciate its finite aspect, its service to our transient lives, our short-lived lives. However, beauty, on the other hand, has no functional use. Thus, its appreciation lasts forever. If I'm using too many technical terms, let me simplify for you so that you can follow along. What I'm saying is that beauty points to the eternal. It's pointing to something beyond this realm. It's pointing to something that is eternal, subhanAllah. And so to summarize these points, number one, beauty affirms that there's some sort of meaning in life. The very act of trying to produce art, trying to capture beauty, is an act of trying to convey meaning, which assumes, of course, that life indeed has meaning. Furthermore, beauty points us to something eternal. It points us to something that is objective and something that is real. Ultimately, it points us to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And furthermore, it points us to the akhirah. Why do I say this? Because the world of aesthetic judgment is a world of ideals. It's a realm of perfection that is beyond our existence. Think about the artist who is constantly trying to perfect his craft, trying to make something beautiful, that you always find that the artist is never satisfied. No matter how beautiful something is, they're always trying to make it just a little bit better, just a little bit more. It is something that is not attainable in this world, in this dunya. But what are they chasing? If they're not chasing anything, then how is it that they have an, an idea and how is it that we collectively understand what they're going after? It's not simply subjective. They, we know they're going after something, but what? And why is it so unattainable? Because ultimately, beauty is a window that allows us to, look, uh, to, to long for a world we cannot yet reach. And this, hopefully, points us to the fact that there is <clears throat> a world beyond ours. And subhanAllah, there's no wonder why when you read about the descriptions of paradise, you find that the descriptions of paradise are always what? Beautiful. SubhanAllah. This is what we're reaching for. Unfortunately, there's a flip side to all of this. And what is the flip side? Beauty is making a claim. Every time you see something beautiful, you have to renounce your own narcissism and look with reverence and awe at the world. Why? Because this beauty is something you cannot capture. Again, the artist who's trying to capture beauty and control it and have full you know, possession over it, he can't. You can't do it. So you can only be awestruck 
and recognize that this beauty is something beyond you. It is something you cannot control. And therefore, that gives you what? Humility. You can only approach it with a sense of reverence and awe. And subhanAllah, in the presence of beauty, our lives are being judged. Every time you look at something beautiful, what is it doing? It is making our own imperfections stand out. The more beautiful something is, the more it reflects poorly on us and it reminds us of our shortcomings. And in order to escape that judgment, some people, unfortunately, choose to destroy the thing that seems to be accusing them. And this is what we find in society, when there are people who mock everything, maybe comedians, or maybe it be people who just like to vandalize, people who like to destroy. And unfortunately, we see that this desire to spoil, the desire to mock, the desire to see meaningless in everything, and to have no reverence for beauty, to embrace ugliness, to embrace chaos, this seems to be growing in popularity. And it's very scary when our culture becomes increasingly obsessed with violence and pornography, we're moving towards a loveless culture because we are disturbed by love. Why are we disturbed by love? Because love makes you vulnerable. Vulnerable to lose it. And so it's easier to just shun it or attack it altogether. And this is why beauty and arrogance don't mix. The only way you can be somebody who appreciates beauty is if, so, if you try to remove arrogance from your heart. You have to appreciate that this is outside of me, this is beyond me, and I appreciate it. I don't attack it, I don't hate it, I don't mock it. I embrace it, and I embrace the fact that I cannot fully possess it. And I believe that the hadith that embodies this fact so beautifully is when the Prophet ﷺ said, لا يدخل الجنة من كان في قلبه مثقال ذرة من كبر The Prophet ﷺ said what? That he who has in his heart an atom's weight of pride and arrogance will not enter paradise. And then so somebody asked to the Messenger of Allah That isn't it the case that any man is going to love that his shirt and his shoes are beautiful? I mean, is it wrong to, to want to look good? So you could see that the Sahaba were concerned. I can't even have an Adam's weight of pride in my heart. Well, what if I just want to look good? Is that bad? I mean, so you could see it's an honest question. The Prophet ﷺ responded with these beautiful words that I'm sure many of us have memorized. All of us should memorize. What? Allah Ta'ala says what? Indeed, Allah is beautiful and He loves beauty. One of the names of Allah is Al-Jameel, the source, the ultimate source, the author of beauty. Jamal, And Allah, Allah Ta'ala loves beauty. So no, it's not wrong if you want to look good. However, arrogance is not allowed. As the Prophet says what? Al-Kibru batarul haq wa ghamtun nas. However, pride is rejection of the truth and contempt towards people. So inshallah ta'ala, we'll mention a few action items in the second khutbah. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam tasim kathira. Bismillah. Bismillah wa alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah. In conclusion, anybody who cares for human happiness and human flourishing should aim to revive, <clears throat> should aim to revive the aesthetic arts. We should be concerned that we have lost our artistic flavor. Why? Because if that is the case, if we are simply motivated by money and base desires and impulses, then subhanAllah, we are moving towards a world of profanity, of impulsive pleasures, and ultimately meaninglessness or nihilism. And so if you want to combat this, what should you do? I want you to ask yourselves two questions. If you don't get anything else from this khutbah, at least ask yourself these two questions. Question number one, how much does beauty matter to your life? How much does beauty matter to your life? 
It's a very straightforward question. You just ask yourself, answer your question, inshallah. And number two is what? If it matters, if you think it matters a significant amount, how can you prove that claim? Do you try to beautify a room in your house? Do you try to express yourself? Do you, is there some sort of meaning that you want to convey and you do so in, an, in, in a meaningful and, and, and artistic and beautiful way? Do you try to share that with the world? Are you trying to make the world a more beautiful place? Answer these questions, inshallah ta'ala. And furthermore, if Allah loves beauty, how do we apply this hadith? How can this hadith that Allah loves beauty apply to us? Well, the fact of the matter is that beauty that goes unnoticed is not being appreciated. The whole objective is to have that reciprocity. So perhaps we should not only create, our, do our best to create beauty in our lives, but contemplate it and appreciate it more as well. Now the reason why I bring up this whole topic to begin with is because this is the first time that we are giving the Jum'ah Khutbah in this main hall. And I'm hopeful that you've all realized that every inch of this place, there has been an effort made to make this place beautiful, to put in an artistic flair, to make it something that you can sit and appreciate and contemplate. But to appreciate and to understand why this is the case, you have to understand what is the whole process of art to begin with. See, unfortunately, lots of us, we look at an art piece and all we think about is what? The end result. But that's not what it is screaming at you. That is not what it is conveying to you. The whole concept of art is what? It's a process rather than an end product. Or simply put, art is a crystallized act of exploration. I know those are very fancy words. Let me explain what I mean. What it means is that the whole objective of art is that when you start something, you don't know where you're going to end. You don't know where it's going to take you. You don't know how successful you're going to be. So you're going on a journey. It's an act of exploration. But every single stroke of the brush, or every single piece that you put into its place, or every word that you put on the page, or whatever it is that you're doing, every act of this journey gets recorded, gets added to the finished product. So when you look at, for example, this beautiful dome in the middle, you don't just see the artwork that is there. What you should be paying attention to and noticing is what? That this was a long process. Every stroke took time. And each of those little actions built up to something beautiful. What is the message behind that? Brothers and sisters, please pay attention to this one idea. The idea is that you are the work in process. You are working towards becoming a masterpiece. And whenever you look at something that is art, that, whenever you look at a piece of art or something that is beautiful, what should it remind you of? That it takes a lot of time and meticulous effort it takes a lot of specialization to put every little piece in place to create something beautiful. And in that exact same way, I need to allow this art to reflect back into me. I need to make sure that I'm working on myself so that every step that I'm taking, I'm building myself towards the masterpiece that I am supposed to be. In Allah Jameel, because Allah is beauty. Jamal, And He loves that which is beautiful. So why can't I work on myself to become somebody beautiful so that Allah Ta'ala can love me as well? This is what you should be thinking when you see artwork. What is the meaning being conveyed? What is the message that we're learning from it? And very importantly, <clears throat> we should remember that just as a plant needs water to continuously live and grow, this masjid needs maintenance as well. It's not enough to just come in here and to say, okay, it's beautiful, but I'm going to make a mess. I'm going to throw my shoes wherever. I'm going to make a mess here. I'm going to leave my garbage there. We want to make sure that we're participating in this. What we don't want is a community that is essentially a shell. 
a shell of beauty while the inside, the culture, the people, the attitude, the behavior, all of it is ugly. We don't want a beautiful shell and a rotten inside. That's not what we're aiming towards. So what we want is what? To make sure that the beauty on the outside is being reflected on the inside. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those who work on ourselves. May Allah ta'ala make us of those who treat ourselves as artwork that needs to become a masterpiece. May Allah ta'ala make us of those who actually contemplate beauty wherever we go. May Allah ta'ala make us of those who appreciate the beauty in this world in every moment. May Allah ta'ala make us of those who don't just beautify the masjid, but beautify our homes. May Allah ta'ala make us beautiful people. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen.